Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. God gave me a Ferrari because I am a Ferrari. You're a Ferrari too. When God made you, he had all the options put on. You are fully loaded and totally equipped. So do this with me. Where did we ever come up with the style of preaching we have today? There is some entertaining preaching, but not convicting preaching, and the legacy has been tragic. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. No, Charles Spurgeon is not the evangelical pope. We, of course, know that's Dr. John MacArthur. But when Charles Spurgeon speaks, we do well to listen. This is Wretched Radio. There are countless Christians who have pondered the question that the Prince of Preachers decided to dedicate a topical sermon to And that is the subject of infant salvation. What happens to babies when they die? Charles Spurgeon, known perhaps for his fiery, lion-like preaching, nevertheless, in this particular sermon on infant salvation, reveals a pastor's heart. That while everybody in the congregation has not experienced the loss of an infant, He nevertheless wanted to preach a tender word to them. And so it is, we read from a transcript from Charles Spurgeon's topical sermon on infant salvation, an exclamation. This this isn't a, well, we're going to take a look at infant infant salvation and we'll try to come up with some conclusions and apply it and you make your own decisions. No, he was emphatic about this. He was determined to let anybody who had suffered the loss of a child know beyond the shadow of a doubt, your child is in heaven. Quote, let every mother and father here present know assuredly that it is well with the child. That's a quote from 2 Kings, the Shunammite woman. Remember her child died? She said, it is well with the child. What do we think she was alluding to? The child was dead. How could it be well with the child unless... The afterlife were in view. Charles Spurgeon playing on the it is well with the child. If God has taken away your child in infant days and you never heard its declaration of faith because it wasn't capable, the child didn't get baptized, they never made a profession of faith. Nevertheless, you may rest assured that it is well with the child, well in a higher and better sense than it is well with yourselves, well without limitation well without exception, well infinitely, well eternally. How did he go about the business of making his biblical case? Because it doesn't matter what Charles Spurgeon thought. The question is, what does the Bible say about babies who die? It isn't silent. We produced multiple videos on this subject historically, and you can go view those on the YouTube machine. Listing verse after verse. I think I think we presented 22, 24 verses from the Old and New Testament that emphatically lead us to a conclusion that babies who die are not damned. They are welcomed into the loving arms of God. And that's where Charles Spurgeon begins. Argument number one. And you might state, that might be the weakest argument because it's not a declarative Bible verse. This is not an explicit text that says babies who die go to heaven. But instead, he bases his first argument on the totality of Scripture. Do you recall what are the three top descriptors of the Bible regarding the character and nature of God? Good, able, faithful. 
And so it is, Charles Spurgeon begins making his case by stating it would be incongruous with the kind, loving nature of God for him to damn millions of babies. Remember, at the time this sermon was preached, mid-19th century, one-third, give or take, one-third of babies died. Delivery or very early on. We're talking about a lot of babies here that couldn't hear and respond to the gospel. It doesn't make sense that God would damn them. Now, I recognize that there are some complexities to the subject. How do they go to heaven if they didn't have faith? By grace, are you saved through faith? Well, we would say that it too is a gift of God and that God in his kindness, because they did not accrue a sin debt because they were not willfully sinning against the maker, they they don't have a debt to him. Therefore, he doesn't damn them to make a payment on a debt they have not accrued for themselves. And so it is Charles Spurgeon writes this. We ground our conviction very much upon the goodness and the nature of God. We say that the opposite doctrine, that some infants perish and are lost, is altogether repugnant to the idea which we have of him whose name is love. If we had a God whose name was Moloch, if God were an arbitrary tyrant without benevolence or grace, we could suppose some infants being cast into hell. Our God who hears the young ravens when they cry, certainly will find no delight in the shrieks and cries of infants cast away from his presence. That is not just the heart of a shepherd, although it certainly reveals Spurgeon's pastoral heart. He's basing the argument on what we know about God. And this is a good reminder to us, especially those of us who are conservative. We love studying righteousness and wrath, and justice. Beloved, we could carry on all day about the reprobation of God for sinners damned to hell. Have we forgotten that God is love? That God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that in this is love, not that we first loved him, but that he loved us? Charles Spurgeon wants to call our attention to the goodness of God. We read of him that he is so tender that he cares for oxen, that he would not have the mouth of the ox muzzled, who treads on corn. No, he cares for the bird upon the nest and would not have the mother bird killed while sitting upon its nest with its little ones. He made ordinances and commands even for irrational creatures. He finds food for the most loathsome animal. Uh, Do we think that this God would damn children? who didn't hear the gospel, didn't have the ability to respond to the gospel. Babies who were aborted, there are millions of them. That this God of love would damn them? That's Charles Spurgeon's first argument. However, number two, Jonah, petulant Jonah, would have Nineveh perish. And God gave it as the reason why Nineveh should not be destroyed, that there might, that there were in it, Six score thousand infants who knew not their right hand from their left. These these were little children that are there. If he spared Nineveh, that their mortal life might be spared, think you that their immortal souls shall be needlessly cast away? I only put it to your own reason. 
if not a case where we meet much argument, would your God cast away an infant? If you, I am happy to say, he is not the God that I adore. Number three, one of the strongest arguments to be found is the fact that Scripture positively states that the number of saved souls at the last will be very great. In Revelation, souls beyond number, the psalmist speaks of them as numerous as drops from the womb of the morning. Many passages to Abraham, you're going to be the, lots and lots of people are going to believe through you because of you, Abraham, that heaven is going to be packed. And Charles Spurgeon then recognizes the obvious. How small a part of the map could be called Christian? Look at it. Out of that part, which could be called Christian, how small a portion of them would bear the name of believer? How few would be said to have a nominal attachment to the church of Christ? Out of this, how many are hypocrites and know not the truth? I do not see it possible unless indeed the millennium age should soon come and then far exceed a thousand years. I do not see how it is possible that so vast a number should enter heaven unless it be on the supposition that infant souls constitute the great majority. That's Spurgeon. Number four, David, you know the, the story. He's praying, he's fasting while his child is sick. When the child dies, he gets up. People wonder what's up with that. And David proclaims, I'm going to go to my child. It is highly unlikely he'd be eating a sandwich, thinking about being buried, simply put in the ground, dying to be with the child. It was clearly a statement that he believed his son was going to go be with Yahweh. Number five, out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, he has perfected praise. The coming out of Egypt was a type of the redemption of the chosen seed. And you know that in that case, the little ones were to go forth. Not even a hoof was to be left behind. Why not children in the greater deliverance to join in the song of Moses than of the Lamb? Number six, we must pick up even the crumbs and do as our master did. Gather up the fragments that nothing be lost. The passage in Ezekiel chapter 16, 21st verse, God is censuring his people for having given up their little infants to Moloch. Yikes. Thou hast slain my children and delivered them to cause and caused them to pass through the my children. He wouldn't call souls his children. Number seven in the first chapter of Deut Deuteronomy, a threatening pronounced on the children of Israel in the wilderness. They would never see the promised land. Your little ones which ye said should be a prey and your children, which in that day had no knowledge between good and evil, they shall go in thither. Why would the children go into the land without faith? Great question. Because God is good, he is able, and he is faithful. No distinction between pagan children, Christian children. The prince of preachers was emphatic. Babies who die are with a God who is good and able, and faithful. This is Wretched Radio. I believe in a culture of life. One of the most impactful moments of my life was when I heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms 
of all three of my kids. The sonogram or the, the pictures that are taken of babies, still a profoundly helpful tool, which encourages me to encourage you to consider supporting Preborn Ministries. Preborn Ministries and their network clinics, they are giving away free ultrasounds to women, but they do cost something. It's $28 an ultrasound. And just as you heard Governor DeSantis say, his view of life was profoundly changed when he saw the baby in the womb. When you see the form and the shape and the fingers and the heartbeat, would you please consider supporting Preborn? It's a great ministry of life. It has a high anthropology, shares the gospel with women and with the dads. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Hey, hey, well, October is here. That means pumpkin spice everything everywhere you look. <laughs> Plus, that also means football season is in full swing. Oh, and of course, the Devil's Day is coming up. That's right, Halloween is coming up. And I don't have to tell you that Sugar Hype Kids are going to be coming knocking on your door, whether you like it or not, so you better be prepared. We've got a way to help you send them soaring higher than any cavity-induced candy you could ever give them. I'm talking about giving them gospel booklets from Wretched. You can give them the treat of all treats this Halloween, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you don't have to skip the candy if you don't want to. No, you don't have to. You can actually include it with the gospel booklets, but gospel booklets are on sale right now in the Wretched store as low as 99 cents per booklet. Now through the 25th. And you'll want to order by the 25th, so you'll have them in time for the Devil's Day. That's Halloween. Get them before they're gone at wretched.org. If you happen to be staring down the health insurance barrel and you are groaning because you're going to have to figure out what do we do? Can we change? What do we get in November when it's open enrollment month? That barrel can be removed because every day is enrollment day at MediShare, would you please call them if you're dealing with the health insurance blues? <laughs> please take two minutes out of your day and give them a call at 844-34-BIBLE. 844-34-BIBLE. If you're not familiar with MediShare, it's affordable biblical health sharing. Average family saves $500 per month. Average. Their ratings, high, teledocs. Please check out MediShare by calling them, finding out how much your family will save, or you can visit MediShare.com slash wretched, MediShare.com slash wretched, where every day is enrollment day at MediShare. God has given the church many gifts for the building up of the body. One gift is exhortation the spiritual ability to encourage, comfort, and admonish God's people. Whether God's people are oppressed, confused, or in error, God has provided the gift of exhortation to comfort, urge, and correct them. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Spanning the globe. We haven't done this for a bit. To bring you the constant variety of stuff I could not organize in any coherent manner. <laughs> but music, oh, it's powerful. You slap a theme song onto any radio segment. Wah and la. You have Christian radio. Especially if you try to slap a Bible verse onto it. 
the Wretched Radio. Let's span the globe, uh, starting with such a great story from the Philippines. If you're one of the individuals who provided support so we could send 10,000 MacArthur Study Bibles to the Philippines, you should rejoice at this story. Receive this from our friends at the Master's Academy International. How powerful the Word of God is to change hearts. You perhaps are a wee bit discouraged. Yikes! This rainbow revolution. You know, I should really hate saying that because the rainbow actually, that would be God's symbol with a completely different message than celebration of sin. It's the opposite of that. Now, I'm, I, I could drown you with water, but I'm not going to. Here's my promise that I'm going to withhold judgment for sin. It's not a sign that celebrates sin. Nevertheless, that symbol has been hijacked, and you perhaps are going, whew. They sure do seem to be winning the war. Well, would you like to know how to stem the tide? Perhaps this encouragement from the Master's Academy International. She's in the Philippines, and she's a she, by the way, who used to believe from the age of six that she was a guy. She cross-dressed daily, thought of herself as a lesbian. Her name is Dia, D-I-A. When a Christian co-worker invited her to a Bible study, she leapt at the chance to truly read the Bible. Her aim was strategic. <laughs> We've heard this before, haven't we? To retaliate against the church's oppression of her by finally proving to herself that God approved of her lesbianism. We've, we've, we've heard that before. But guess what happened? You got it. The word of God pierced her. And if I might... As an aside, Friel, do you do anything else in this incoherent program called Wretched Radio? No, but please don't forget, we do have a theme song. So we can go on a discursus every 10 seconds. Was reading an article by Samuel Say. He's the fellow, he's from Ghana, and he went to Canada legally, and he writes... And he was talking about the language that is being used with Hamas and Israel being the, the, the language of CRT. And the people who are taking the side of Hamas, uh, they're, they're, they're calling them the oppressed. And Israel is the oppressor. What is that but woke language and a lack of understanding of actual history, even in the 20th century? So be careful when you're having conversations about Israel and Hamas. When you hear words, somebody using the word like, well, you know, Hamas has been oppressed for a long time. Time out. You're, you're dealing with somebody who has somehow imbibed the message of CRT. And as long as I brought up this subject of the article from Samuel Say, he actually included a couple of quotes. Ah, got it right here. Would you like to hear a little bit of the Hamas charter? Well, you're going to. Israel will, Israel will exist and will continue to, to exist. Until Islam will obliterate it, just as it obliterated others before it. And so-called peaceful solutions and international conferences are in contradictions to the principles of the Islamic resistance movement. Probably in contradiction to the Quran, frankly. Those conferences are no more than a means to appoint the infidels as arbitrators in the lands of Islam. There is no solution for the Palestinian problem except by jihad. 
Initiatives, proposals, and international conferences are but a waste of time and exercise in futility. Jimmy, that was a little fuzzy for me. Do you have any <laughs> idea what their point was? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Maybe a little muddy. Maybe they could <laughs> tighten that up a bit. The current leader of Hamas says, quote, we will never recognize the usurper Zionist government and will continue our jihad-like movement until the liberation of Jerusalem. Isn't it funny how the Bible pinpointed Jerusalem as the center of activity for, well, until our Lord touches down there and reigns and rules. You say, now what does that have to do exactly with this woman in the Philippines? Well, she was one who was stuck in the same, same realm as Hamas. Lost. That's how the Bible describes people. Two ways. You're either saved or you're lost. And the same need that this woman had is the same need that Hamas has. The, the solution for the Hamas problem. Now, if a government chooses to use their authority that has been given to them by God as a minister, to provide peace for its citizens, so be it. But the Christian solution is salvation. If, if Mr. Mr. Hamas, the people who wrote this very clear articulation of their desire to take over Jerusalem, the land of Israel, and exterminate the Jewish people, got born again, what sort of difference might that make? Well, the same difference that it made in the life of Dia in the Philippines. She got saved. The word of God revealed a fundamental truth to her. True love is not the freedom to do what she pleased, freedom from the enslavement of sin, freedom to love and worship God alone. And so she started going to, you guessed it, the Master's Academy International in the Philippines. I didn't know this. Normally their emphasis is on training pastors but they have two certificate programs, expository preaching and pastoral ministry, that's one, and biblical studies. This former lesbian cross saved started taking biblical studies at TEA. It's called the Expositors Academy, TEA. That's the, each, each one of the Master's Academy seminaries around the globe. They, they go by a different name. She, nevertheless, in 2022, left her job to pursue a master's then in biblical counseling at the master's university. <laughs> I mean, come on! You just can't write stuff like this! She now serves as a volunteer teaching assistant for biblical counseling courses for women at TEA in the Philippines. How cool is that? If you were one of the people who supported the Bible Initiative, uh, thank you. The stories are being written even as we speak. If that type of impact is of interest to you, I commend you the Master's Academy International. You can learn more about what they do. It is quite a minute. I'm on the phone this morning with Eric Weathers. And you know, that guy bugs me. I'm telling you, he's just one of those guys who is so persistently and consistently nice. It just... <laughs> Please tell me you're sour. Sometime you get angry in traffic. Come on. The Masters Academy International. It's a, just a phenomenal ministry. You can learn more at wretched.org slash pastor or wretched.org slash Bible. Thank you, gospel partners. Nearly 70% of church go, grow, goers 
have a growing sense of fear. Well, that ought not to be. 69% of Protestant pastors said they believe there is a growing sense of fear within their congregations about the future of the nation and the world. Uh, it's, It's really always hovered around that level. Sometimes it's a little higher. Sometimes it's a little lower. But give or take, seven out of 10 people in your congregation apparently are scared. They, they're, they're afraid that what they're seeing going on, it's all crumbling down. It's, it's just, this is, it's all demise. And the reality would be that, what if, just a little mental exercise, what if the Lord tarries? And what if we enter into a second dark, if you will, the Middle Ages return, where paganism rules, where women and treated are again abused and treated horribly because Christianity isn't changing the hearts of men, how now will we live? We should be living not fearfully, but even joyfully, even as we have to deal with potentially dangerous situations. The Christian heart shouldn't be filled with fear. We should be aware. We should prepare. But you shouldn't be scared. And, and, and I would say this, Pastor, if you happen to be listening, I can't imagine why exactly. You, you, you might want to be mindful of that as you go about the business of calming your parishioners' hearts. It appears the sheep are, are afraid that there's wolves. They're afraid that there's big threats outside of your care and gate. And we might want to just spend a little bit of time recognizing that could be the need of the day. And our people need to hear it can be well with your soul. Even if the world is collapsing around us like it kind of appears to be, do not be afraid. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, in a bizarre case out of the state of Tennessee, which is where I'm from, and that goes to show you that most things out of Tennessee aren't bizarre. Maybe not this bizarre, but the Southern Poverty Law Center is claiming that, quote, anti-blackness has contributed to the death of a man who led police on a dangerous high-speed chase before violently attacking the officer. 32-year-old Edward Bronson was initially stopped for speeding over 100 miles per hour. After finally pulling over, police body cam footage shows Bronson ignored their commands, then he choked an officer while yelling explicitives. The officer was forced to fatally shoot Bronson in self-defense. Yet the SPLC outrageously asserts that racism played a role in the confrontation. They argue the traffic stop shouldn't have happened in the first place because going 100 miles per hour is safe on the roadway. So the police obviously had to be racist for pulling over someone going that fast. <sighs> I take it back bizarre no if this happened close to where i came from in the state it's just par for the course meanwhile in the uk a serial dine and dasher has been arrested after faking medical emergencies to skip out on restaurant bills 42 year old peter rocket would pretend to have heart attacks after finishing lavish meals at upscale eateries his absurd antics allowed him to defraud restaurants of nearly seven thousand dollars in unpaid tabs now i know inflation and the economy have something to do with the higher prices we're paying in this country but this also too boys and girls is why we pay more at restaurants these days 
Well, overseas in India, the country's Supreme Court has declined to legalize same-sex marriage after hearing petitions on the matter. The justices stated that while India's constitution prohibits discrimination, it does not guarantee a fundamental right to same-sex marriage. Last year, India's parliament banned gay sex, reflecting the nation's conservative cultural values. Activist groups blasted the latest ruling as regressive and vowed to continue their legal fight. But for now, traditional marriage remains protected by the law in the world's second most populous country. While in sports, a biological male who identifies as transgender easily won a women's fencing championship, world championship that is, dominating the field, I would imagine so, beating a 14-time champion. 32-year-old Elliot Klein won the Open Sabre title at the Veteran World Championships in Egypt last week. Female competitors voiced frustration over facing a much larger male physique and strength, but rules state Klein only needs one year of hormone therapy to qualify. You know, there's a much easier way for people to qualify for events like this, competing as the sex you were actually born as. And that's been today's Wretched News Break, or Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Mexican. There are many words to help us understand the nature of the Bible. Words like perspicuity, the clarity of Scripture. God uses the text of Scripture to clearly communicate His character and will. God has not hidden His will for only the enlightened few to find. His truth can be clearly understood by anyone who reads His Word. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Oh, what's happening on university campuses? This is Wretched Radio spanning the globe because I got a bunch of stuff and I want to share it all. But it has no particular theme. Nevertheless, university campuses, they are hotbeds for progressive liberalism. Furthermore, they are now hotbeds for paganism. It's kind of funny. I know this is anecdotal, but recently I've been running into more and more stories about individuals identifying the surge of paganism in Western civilization. And this would be one more stories to add to the pile British universities, specifically the University of Exeter, they are now offering a master's degree. Guess. Go ahead and guess what the subject matter is. And if you say French feminist poetry from 1740 to 1750, now that that class has been taught for a long time. This is a master's degree in magic and the occult. Oh, and people pay for this, they get degrees for this, and then they get unemployment compensation because you can't get a job with this. Nevertheless, these kids are going to go learn about magic. And I thought it might be worth getting into the mind of the individual who's leading this program because, well, Halloween is coming and scary is the theme. (laughs) This is kind of terrifying the way that the professor who leads the course is thinking, quote, a recent surge in interest in magic and the occult. Now, she didn't mention Harry Potter, but I think we all can agree. that <clears throat> A recent surge in interest in magic and the occult, inside and outside academia, lies at the heart of the most urgent questions of our society. Really? That's the most urgent question? Since when has religion even been considered at university at all, except at deconstruct it, which is how she continues her thinking. Quote, 
This is remember, this is a master's program, British University, that is about magic and the occult. Decolonization, the exploration of alternative epistemologies, feminism, and anti-racism are at the core of this program. Oh, okay. Oh, thanks for letting us know your agenda. I mean, we've all known it anyway, but thanks for just being clear about it. This is a master's degree in witchcraft, but it's all about decolonization. That any nation that ever stuck its nose into anybody else's business, therefore, is terrible, horrific, colonializing oppressor. Regardless of how good the results were, it don't make no never mind. The exploration of alternative epistemologies, in other words, how we know truth. What is truth? How do we define reality? We're going to really be pushing some alternatives like they have been for decades. To what are they turning from? Christianity. That's how we've understood truth historically in the West. Feminism and anti-racism are at the core of the program. You say, what does that have to do with witchcraft? And the answer is, doesn't make no never mind, because it doesn't matter what the program is at universities these days. More often than not, that is the center of, of the foundation of the program, because there is an agenda there. We should not be shocked that we are seeing the protests on university campuses these days, where kids have been indoctrinated underneath the CRT banner to see Israel as the colonializer. Therefore, they're automatically bad. Forget the way that they've treated the people in that little land that we call Palestine, unfortunately. Forget the liberties that they've given. Forget the fact that they've allowed them to come into their country while Egypt would not. Forget all of that. They're the oppressor. Therefore, they're bad. Hold on. If that isn't scary enough. She said, this reversed a tendency in recent decades to dismiss the study of magic and the occult with the idea that it's no longer of importance to modern people. And we, we should recognize the importance of paganism, witchcraft, divination, sorcery, you know, the laundry list of things God hates in Deuteronomy 18. And isn't this interesting? I, was this, I think, two days ago, it was an, Louise Perry in The Federalist, I believe, was talking about that we're repaganizing ourselves, that we're becoming pagan again, because paganism was never lost. It lingered. It, 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 it found some little pockets here and there. But we're returning to it. And this woman is at least saying it. The popularity of, here's the explanation why, it's confirmed by the growth of the popularity in folklore, witchcraft, tarot, and crystals, which has been understood as a reaction to the decline of organized religion, a.k.a. Christianity. This is terrifying. The 2022 census, this is Great Britain, found a rise in the number of people identifying as pagans and Wiccans in the UK, while shamanism was the fastest-growing religion in Great Britain. Oh, man. This is how we're preparing kids for the future. Did you see, by the way, I was tempted to play it, but I it was 11 minutes long, and you get the point after about 10 seconds. Uh, this guy who hits the streets, and he just asks people the most rudimentary questions that any anybody who, like, 
feeds themselves should know the answer to. Uh, This one happened to be at, at some sort of pride parade and would go up to people and say, can you name three countries besides the United States of America? Another another woman, she said, um, New Mexico? No. Can you tell me what state Utah is in? Utah, Utah. I've, I've heard of that. What state is it in? I, I don't know. And on and on goes the questioning. These universities are cranking out young people who are fully informed about CRT, woke ideologies, anything. They're just steeped in anti-God ideologies, but are they equipped to be, you know, productive members of society? No, they're not. And they don't care why, because the same centers that deconstruct Christianity deconstruct the ideals that Christianity espouse. Like, you know, the Protestant work ethic, this is, I, this, this is got to be, I think, one of the biggest challenges for Gen Zers. I know there are exceptions. I know there are because I know some of them. But in general, hard work, advancing, subduing, uh, that is just not very high on the priority list. And we recognize that work isn't the end-all be-all, but work is important. And it does it does have theology uh, to substantiate the claim that work is actually important because work is godlike, work is godly. And the de-emphasis on work, these things aren't important, that that having a, that doesn't what matters is work life balance with the scales tipping toward life more than work. Well, it's it's hard to live if you don't work and make a paycheck. And these universities, they are not helping the kids. Students will have the option to take modules on dragons in Western literature and art. Jimmy, I got to tell you, <laughs> is that the minor? Well, I know, I know that your kids, they're getting into the, the age where they need to consider, well, how am I going to make a living and provide for my family? They could take some modules <laughs> on dragons in Western literature because the jobs, I, oh, I, go Google all the jobs available yeah. that are looking for that skill. I heard the starting pay is pretty high. Mm. <laughs> the legend of King Arthur, paleography, is thought. Well, isn't that fascinating that guy gets tossed in underneath paganism and witchcraft and the occult and magic? Archaeological theory and practice, the depiction of women in the Middle Ages, the book in medieval and early modern Europe, gender, society, and culture in early modern Europe, and the philosophy of psychedelics. This just spells six figures to me. Hold on. It gets even more ridiculous. Frio, we can't take anymore. Move on to another country, would you? I'm not joking. I, speaking of psychedelics, you could give me a box full of them. Put me in a corner for a year, and I would not come up with something as nonsensical as what this university is offering to sell the kids. For those who love to spend their time daydreaming, perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> what I do. Don't don't help the kids overcome daydreaming. No, no. We're going to offer courses. Those who spend their time daydreaming, richly detailed cultural, historical, and futuristic worlds. They make it sound so academic. Or drawing on prehistoric life to imagine what life on other planets might look like. 
It might come as a surprise to learn there are now academic disciplines known as world building and speculative biology, an MA in work building with creature design at Leeds Arts University, the first of its kind where you sit around in a classroom and go, I wonder what life is like on another planet. I think that I'll daydream about that all day and get an A and thank my parents for paying for this utter nonsense, which is entirely anti-Christian and totally worthless. This is Wretched Radio. If you are one of the people who supported our joint effort with the Masters Academy International to get Bibles into the hands of people, you're going to hear a thank you letter from May that perhaps will encourage you that what you did was a very good and lasting thing. I'm one of the recipients of the MacArthur Study Bible, so generously given with the help of Gospel Partners. This will help me in my daily study of God's Word and will inform, instruct, inspire me in my walk with the Lord, as well as my service to the Lord in my family and my church ministries. How encouraging is that? By the way, if you're not plugged into the Masters Academy International, everything is about long lasting impact. They train pastors in 18, 19 countries and many seminaries around the globe so that pastors can fill empty pulpits and preach. That makes a generational difference. You can learn more about the Masters Academy at wretched.org slash Bible, or if you prefer wretched.org slash Pastor. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. First of all, if you're an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel partner, we want you to know just how grateful we are for your continued support. When you stand firm with us, we stand firm with you, and together we're able to reach millions of people all over the world. And so we want to take a moment to thank you for your generosity and faithfulness. And know that partnering with us is not just about throwing money at us. It's about something much bigger than that. It's about something much bigger than ourselves. So if you are a Gospel partner, already. Thank you. If you're not, could I ask you to prayerfully consider becoming a gospel partner and standing firm with us? Again, it's not about just giving money. It's about reaching as many people as possible with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wretched.org slash donate is the place to go to get any questions you might have answered. You can also text the word wretched to the number 44321. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. I would say the Tomorrow Clubs is a wonderful ministry. Kids are getting saved like crazy, not just in Eastern Europe, but also in Africa. And it's so efficient. I was just with Paul and Cindy Marty, and I asked, and it said, in, in American currency, how much does it cost to have a kid come to a Tomorrow Club four times a month? So every single week, what, what's the, what does it take to make that happen? Ready? A buck, one dollar. That's it. The kid comes, they get treats, they get materials that they learn the Bible, they memorize a buck because it's it's all volunteer driven. All those dear ones, they're volunteers. It's an amazing ministry. And if you have a heart for the lost in Eastern Europe, Africa, and you love supporting ministries that are super efficient and biblically sound, I would point you in the direction of tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, and ask how many children might I be able to support per month? Attributes of God. Can a loving God be wrathful? 
If God loves righteousness, loves people, and wants what is best for his creation, he must hate what runs contrary to his will. God must always respond to sin with wrath, and his wrath must be satisfied. It is either satisfied on the cross, or each person will bear God's wrath eternally in hell. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. If you're looking for a pleasant surprise, methinks we found one. Is that a singular and a plural? Hmm. This is Wretched Radio, an article in the Christian Post from one Jim Daly. If you happen to be a Focus on the Family follower, you know the name Jim Daly. He's the Grand Poobah there. And he wrote an article talking about what is going on with Andy Stanley, Pope Francis, and the idolization of evangelism. And I was simply encouraged that Focus on the Family, which has a massive reach, is actually calling out Andy Stanley. That's a bigger deal than I, I think we probably realize. Focus on the Family is a ministry that obviously seeks to help families. It doesn't mean that they don't deal with theology, but you wouldn't consider Focus on the Family any sort of polemical or apolog. Well, they do some apologetics, in fairness, they do that. But you wouldn't think of them as a polemical ministry where they look for trouble out there and identify it and spend their time trashing it on the internet. You know, like we evangelicals are wont to do. And speaking of which, yes, I just had another brain synapse. There was an article in Feeding on Christ. And this is a word I think we all need to hear when it comes to participating on the internet. All of us, even comments. And by the way, can I do a shout out? That's right. This is a second synapse in my brain firing off. The comments that have been left on the recent videos that we've posted on the situation in Israel, gotta tell you, so encouraging. Just so encouraging. Okay, I read one comment that got up my nose. And and it shouldn't have, but it did. And I think my reaction to this comment was so strong, I think I'm probably going to seek biblical counseling. Uh, the accusation on a, something about something that I said about Israel and supersessionism versus non-supersessionism, this was just hurtful, cruel. <laughs> did, did, did you wear a yellow tie that day? And I almost wore it today, by the way. <laughs> no, they said that. <clears throat> Not easy for me to make that octave jump like that. <laughs> that I dyed my hair. Uh, I don't dye my hair. Neither does Phil Johnson, by the way, which is really should agitate all of us. Phil is over 70 and his hair is like Jimmy's hair color. There's You don't even have a gray hair in your head. I got those going on, but I don't dye my hair. I'll be working through this. Other than that comment, I got to tell you, everybody else, even the folks who disagreed, it was so, what's the word I'm looking for? Christian in its tone? It can happen. It really can. And it needs to happen more and more because, wow, can there be some nasty stuff? The blogging, the articles. So this from Feeding on Christ. The noisy gongs of acerbic and judgmental discernment bloggers podcasters, vloggers, and conference speakers are scattered throughout our social media feeds, and they're here to stay. 
The uncharitableness with which such individuals speak online immediately ought to leave a bad taste in the mouths of Christ's true lambs. After all, the fruit of the Spirit in the life of believers is an inextricable constituent of doctrinal truth. You should be growing in love, joy, peace, patience, etc. No amount of insistence that one is speaking the truth in love, when in fact they're speaking the truth in anger, will mask the fact that they're actually speaking in loveless pride. Zing. As Jesus said, a tree is known by its fruit. The bitter fruit of acrimonious truth speaker will inevitably be the bringing forth of disciples more fractious than themselves. Nevertheless, the root of the problem does not lie in a love of the truth and a desire to trumpet forth sound doctrine. It is rooted in pride and self-love. Ouch. And yet that's observable, isn't it? It's all over the internet. We have to, we have to make sure that we are, t- we are communicating better than the pagans do and that we sound a little bit different than a lot of bloggers and vloggers and talk show hosts. And if we're not, um, time to hang up the keyboard, time to put the camera away, because we've got to be speaking truth in love. And yes, we've had multiple conversations about this. There are times when a stern word needs to be spoken. But even in that, even when Jesus did a longer discourse excoriating the Pharisees for their legalistic work righteous system, they never thought, oh, he hates us. He's just just really mad because he's cranky. He always spoke truth in love. That is the goal. And Jim Daly, in his article, he did just that. But I was rather pleasantly surprised that he spoke at all on this subject because I could be wrong, but that just isn't the MO of focus on the family. Here's what he said. After Al Mohler's critique of Andy Stanley and stating that, the theological train has left the station at North Point, Andy Stanley fired back. This is, quote, accusing the longtime Southern Seminary president of holding to a version of biblical Christianity that is causing people to leave Christianity altogether. That is classic seeker-sensitive thinking. Oh, they don't come because of this? Then we'll make it that. We'll get rid of the this. As long as they come, that's all that matters. We don't want them turned off. It might be true that biblical, this is Jim Daly, it might be true that biblical Christianity conflicts with the spirit of the age, but we have neither the authority nor the privilege to edit the Bible to suit modern tastes. Revisionist theology may draw the curious, but it will ultimately confuse and lead the seeker down spiritually dangerous and destructive paths. Jimmy, when was the last time you've listened to Focus on the Family? Uh, it's been a long it's, time. It's been a long... Uh, I, maybe they talk like this more. But this 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 is pretty exceptional for them. That, 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 that should be worthy of some weight if you're still thinking that Andy's still okay. When you got Focus on the Family using your name, I... I wouldn't want them talking about me in any sort of critical way. That's for sure. From Daly, perhaps the most untenable and confusing aspects of the North Point Conference from a biblical perspective 
was not only the normalization and acceptance of same-sex, but the absence of any conversation regarding repentance from sexual sin. In fact, at one point during his message, while while rebutting Dr. Moeller, Pastor Stanley talked about the non-sustainable nature of chastity for same-sex attracted individuals. Salute and well done to focus on the family. Hold on. Even tells us more in this particular article. For wondering about a theologian, see who they quote. You will almost every time certainly be able to identify their particular bent. And we've all got them, right? Doesn't mean that we're necessarily at odds with each other, that we're in unity in the essentials. But if you hear somebody quote somebody who's kind of squishy, well, there's a pretty good chance they're pretty squishy too. And that's why I was rather pleased when Jim Daly quoted Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, a medical doctor turned Welsh minister who helped spark an evangelical revival in Britain during the latter part of the 20th century, put it well. For many years, I thought I was a Christian, when in fact I was not. What I needed was preaching that would convict me of sin and make me see my need, but I never heard that. The preaching we had was always based on the assumption we were all Christians. Well done. Focus on the family. Thank you uh, for doing what we have to do. Speak truth in love. Don't want don't to be snarky. And don't don't want to say things that would make even a false teacher. Here's here's something here's something that would be a helpful rule that would guide us in how we even speak about really bad teachers. Please, I didn't say we water it down. I didn't say that. But if their kids would hear it, and it would be something that would cause them to think lowly about pop that isn't based in theology or in definitive declarations of sinful behavior. Got to watch out for the rumors. We see it all the time. There was one that I just saw. Uh, It was a, I think it was a football player who was accused of of, uh, rape, I believe, or molesting this woman. And a lot of people jumped on that and was like, oh, this guy, oh, what a scumbag he is. Turns out she was lying. And that guy, I, th- I think he's having to play in like the, the Japanese football league or something because of it. I can't even remember the sport, but I, I, I remember remarking in my brain, see, that's the problem with talking about accusations. We got to know. So we even want to be careful with false teachers that we don't make accusations based on hearsay reports, even if it looks professional on the internet. Having said all that, We don't want to water down the truth. When we see a false teacher, mark them and avoid them. Well done, focus. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.